today we are here with Karen from Clean River Ilkley. Do you want to introduce yourself, Karen? Yes, I'm a founder member of Ilkley Clean River Group and we've been working to reduce the amount of sewage being discharged into the River Wharf at Ilkley through Ashland Sewage Treatment Works to bring it in line with the EU Wastewater Framework Directive, which states this should only happen during periods of extreme and prolonged rainfall conditions. And in Ilkley, it's happening pretty much every time it rains. Right, wow, okay. When did you kind of realise there was a was a problem at Ilkley? Was it was it a kind of a public thing or was it individuals? It wasn't. I'm part of the Wharfdale Naturalist Society and we manage a nature reserve in Ben Ridding, which okay. is twinned with the anglers site as well. Yeah. And it was the anglers who were fishing and instead of catching fish on the line, they were catching sanitary products and toilet paper. Wow, okay. And so Steve great. went down from the anglers to see where all this was coming out and he found out the problem at Ilkley and he tried to sort it out um, but was hitting a bit of a brick wall really. So I went down and had a look because he'd been going on about it. So I went down and I was absolutely horrified to see what I saw. I mean, the whole river was an open sewer and this went on for at least five days the first time I went to look. Did you go down each day and check? Or? We, well, I'm a dog walker, so I often use that river footpath. Yeah. So I could see when, it, when I was aware of where it was coming out, I always checked on it. Mm. And it, it was happening. I mean, this year, even before we had all the rain in, in August, uh, in October, we were already up to 50 discharges um, from, from that outflow. Some of these, as I said, can last a few days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and was it something you were previously aware of? Did you ever know that, that, that sewage went into rivers before you witnessed it? No, I always assumed that we pay our water rates and the sewage gets treated before it goes into the river. Mm. Um, I didn't re- realise that when it rained, it was going directly into the river before it went into sewage treatment plants. Yeah. And I think that's what everybody else assumed as well. So when we went down and filmed this sewage going into the river, everybody was absolutely horrified and, and went berserk when I went and filmed it. Yeah. Um, and the overflow is supposed to act as a release valve so it doesn't flood the sewage treatment works because of combined sewage system when it rains all the rainwater enters the sewers and overwhelms the sewers and obviously that's when they get a big influx yeah it is quite a complicated subject to explain isn't it yes so i i because i work for communications for the rivers trust and we did a wet wipes campaign last uh, winter actually to try and encourage people not to flush wet wipes down the toilet. Um, and it it sort of came about after we did the social media campaign that a lot of people didn't realise that sewage was actually entering the rivers when after you know in heavy during heavy rainfall. Yeah. And it's that story that we are struggling to 
tell actually because yes. I don't think people believe it. <laughs> and, well, and I that, didn't until I saw it. Exactly. <laughs> and also, uh, people don't realise that surface water drains go down into the river. All that should be going into in, into your toilet is yeah. pee, poo, and paper, yeah. and and that is it. None yeah. of these flushable wipes because they're just causing havoc with drains. They'll block your drains. They block the sewage treatment systems. And ultimately, when it's raining, they're just going straight into the river. So you've got the situation. You've you've found some this outfall, a lot of pollution. How do you go about kind of raising awareness and getting people involved and understanding what the issue was? You've been very effective at engaging a large proportion of people and getting people interested and actually taking a bit of a passion. I think that's really inspiring. Actually, you've got a, a bad situation and you've actually brought a lot of people along to try and improve the situation from a community-led. So do you want to explain the process about how, how that happened? Well, it kind of took me by surprise a little bit, really. All I did was uh, I went down and filmed what was happening, spoke to Stray FM, the local radio station, and they came down to interview me. And then it, it just went berserk, really. It went on our local local chat site yeah. on Facebook and... Everybody was horrified, and before I knew it, Look North, the ITV calendar, were ringing me for an interview. It really turned out it wasn't what you knew, it was who you knew. Right. So I knew Becky Mulby, who'd successfully campaigned against Dilke Lido being closed down, and she, she'd already run a successful campaign, which I didn't know how to do. So she... She was an open water swimmer, so she says, when I told her about it, she says, they're doing what? <laughs> that's, that's disgusting. She says, well, we can't have that, we must do something about that. So she set up the Twitter site and the Ilka Clean River Group website. I knew Professor Rick Batterby, who was a, a professor of diatoms, through my links with the Wharfdale Naturalist Society. Um, I sent him some pictures of, of what I'd taken going into the river. Yeah. And he immediately got on board and he was the one that knew how to do all the water testing and ran the water testing with all the volunteers. And it just went on from there, really. Yeah, oh, brilliant. So you've, you kind of set up this campaign and then you actually went about yourself and tried to actually get some evidence. And, yes. And quantify what the situation was, is that right? Yes, so you, yeah. Is that right, you did some water sampling and other yes. monitoring? Do you want to talk a bit about the how you tested the water and well, your approach to that? Um, luckily, I knew some councillors, town councillors, and we brought it up with the town council, who were very supportive, and they granted us the money to do the water testing. Um, and Rick set up a system whereby we used... We took the samples, we used uh, local fishermen again to go and take the samples um, and we used industry standard laboratories to send the samples off to so that they would get the same results as Yorkshire Water Ward or the Environment Agency Ward and we have a little team of people that monitor that every, every month, we're doing that over a year. Um, and it's come up with some interesting results. So when did you start testing? We started testing in spring okay. and over the summer, um, obviously this coincides with bathing water status application as well, so it gave yeah. us an idea 
of what was in the in the water and where the, the problems were coming from, really. Yeah. There's been quite a lot of rainfall this year as well. After periods of no rain, the river's in pretty good, healthy condition upstream of the sewage treatment works. Yeah. Um, but downstream, even the treated continual flow from the sewage treatment works that enters the river is a is way above levels of be. bathing standards. Okay. Right. So. so maybe for people that don't understand about bathing water uh, and WFD, so uh, the WFD is the Water Framework Directive. Uh, it's a bit of EU legislation that basically trying to get every river in Europe to a certain ecological standard. And then we've got bathing waters and they are mainly associated with beaches. Yes. Uh, and they mainly focus more on coliforms and yes. Uh, bacteria. Yes. Um, and... So, what you, uh, am I right in saying there isn't uh, is there inland bathing water at the moment in the country on a river? There are no rivers designated as bathing water status yeah. currently in the UK. However, in Europe, they've got hundreds of them. Yeah. So, so if we do achieve bathing water status, we'll be the first river in the country to, to get that. Yeah. And so, bathing water actually focuses more, as I say, more on the, the coliforms um, yes. and, and the bacteria that are in that water. Yeah. Uh, and why are they, why, do you want to explain to people why that's an issue? So the coliform side of things? The coliforms are the bacteria that is in sewage, human effluent. Um, you can get enterococcobacteria from uh, farm animals. Um, and, and bacteria that's in the soil as well. So it, the... Levels for bathing water status are just under a thousand per millimetre, yeah, I think. It, yeah. um, and we were getting above forty thousand in some of our water testing <gasps> results. Oh my gosh, you're joking! No, so I wish bad. I was. <laughs> and so this becomes at that kind of rate, they become uh, a human health issue. Yes, very so much so. Yeah, risk of things like E. coli or. Giardia, yeah. hepatitis, there's some really nasty bugs that you can get from sewage. And it's not just that, it, it's the antibiotics that people take and, and hormones and things like that that go through the system mm. that enter the rivers and that sort of increases the risk of becoming antibiotic resistant bacteria and things like that. So it is a major, major issue that really needs to be sorted out on a national scale. Uh, exactly, it's not just a, you know, I think... There's been a lot of focus around Ilkley, hasn't there? But yeah. actually, this problem is widespread and across the country. And That's as right. I say, it probably needs a kind of a national look at how we tackle this going forward. Absolutely, um, yeah. So, how many people have you got in your group then? How many people are kind of aware of what's going on, do you think, now? Well, the Facebook page, I think, reaches about 17,000 people. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And how many of you are out, out testing the water quality? There's there's about 10 of us in all. Mm -hmm. um, and also the water testers. And also we had the bathing water count people that came from all different walks of life that were just generally interested and wanted to help and and wanted to get the river clean. Yeah. So yeah, we kind of realised that this coliform, we haven't really touched on this, have we? So 
I guess we've got this colourful issue, and yeah. why is it an issue for Ilkley? Well, a lot of people in Ilkley actually use the river as a, a bathing water. You know, it's a hot summer's day, there's a lot of people that go down to oh, the river, yeah. and it's a, it's a really special place and an important place in Ilkley. Well, Ilkley is a, a historic spa town. We're flanked on one side by the iconic Ilkley Moors, yeah. we're on the edge of the Yorkshire Dales National Park. We're at the end of the train line, so everybody in a hot summer's day comes to Ilkley, they bring the picnics, the barbecues, they're all out there, the kids are swimming and paddling and fishing for bullheads and things like that, yeah. jumping in the river, and yet we've got this massive problem um, that people are just, it's hidden away, people don't know it's happening because water can look crystal clear yeah. and, and beautiful, but it can be contaminated and... And in other situations, it can look murky and disgusting, and yet it, it's not—it's it, quite clean. Mm. So you can never yeah, tell by thing. just looking at water. Yeah, it just what's it in looks it. so like inviting sometimes, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. In the, on a hot day, you just like, oh, I just want to have a dip, and you see everyone else swimming, and you just think, oh, that looks really. Well, it does, but it's ruined it for me. Yeah, so were you were previously a keen swimmer before. Well, I, I used to go in all the time as a child. We used yeah. to get rubber rings and yeah. play in there. There were people with canoes down there, inflatables, all sorts down at the river. So you mentioned that you um, are applying for bathing water. Like, what sort of stuff have you had to produce to, to get that all that information together? Has it been quite a lot of work to... It's been a lot of work to get the bathing water status because there's been a lot of counting. Um, I mean, in the morning you can count people using the river for that stretch of river, which is from Beanlands Island to the Old Bridge of Ilkley. So how, how far is that about? It's probably about three quarters of a, of a mile stretch right. of river okay. where people, most people use. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And are you out there with a clipboard? Clipboards, yes. Counting off people <laughs> who are in the river, children who are in the river, adults who are in the river, people who are using the riverbanks, people who are picnicking and had to break that all down, which is quite a big job when you're counting 1,700 people yeah. on a busy summer's day in, in what, using the river. What is the average? Have you got an average at all? Well, it varied with the weather, mm. really. I mean... If you went on many. a day like today and counted, you, you, you'd be lucky to find a spaniel in there. But um, on, on a summer, hot summer's day, it's, it's, it's a magnet for tourists and, and locals. I know we've got a Lido here, but not everybody can afford £5 a day to go each, each in a Lido. Um, and actually, this would be, you know, pretty exciting about swimming in the river. And it's, you, yeah. you should be able to. You should be able to swim, yeah, swim in the river. I mean, I see it as an abuse of common land, really. Yeah. When when this is happening on such a regular basis, I understand if it was being used as as an emergency escape valve, but it's it's being used really to to save money and compensate for poor infrastructure. And so, understanding the amount of people that um, use the river locally is important for bathing wars. Do you want to explain that why that's important? It's important because it will mean that they will have to clean the river up and they will be able to get funding to do that, yeah. to clean the river upstream so that the, the river isn't contaminated by so much sewage entering because it's not just the Ilkley sewage treatment plant. There are various little outlets all the way along the river upstream. Um, what we found was uh, Addingham, 
which used to have a fully operational sewage treatment plant, has now been downgraded to what's called a, a CSO. Um, and so the treated sewage goes gets piped down to Ilkley, and yet the permit, which is issued by the Environment Agency to discharge sewage into the river, hasn't been updated since 1970. And obviously there's a lot more houses. A lot There's more a lot more buildings since 1970. <laughs> that permit's older than me. <laughs> so it does need a, a full overhaul. And yeah. what we're saying is the standards are not reaching those of the EU standards that they should be aiming to achieve if they're yeah. not achieving already. Have you, have you had any funding or support to help you do this? Or has it all been... Uh, we've had funding from the Wharfdale Naturalist Society. The Rivers Trust paid for the fridge that we need to keep the water samples cooling to get to the laboratory because yeah. they have to be kept at a certain temperature. They donated us that and the Ilka Town Council donated the money for the water testing as well. So we've, we've had a lot of support. But really, it's, 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 a lot of it's come from, you know, the time... It's been people just generally like people like yourselves and yeah, got in I mean, there and tried to make a change, right? Yeah, somebody somebody turned around to me and they says, Well, when you saw this, it says you could have just gone, Oh, that's disgusting and walked away and, and, and why what made you think I've got to do something mm-hmm. about this? And I just thought you just can't carry on pumping all this pollution into our rivers mm-hmm. it's just so damaging and all the plastics that go in it because it's not just human sewage that's going into it as you say it's the wet wipes the sanitary products everything and you just can't carry on as no. a civilization we're not a third world country and somebody just had to stand up and say no this has got to stop we can't we can't carry on like this I think yeah. that's really interesting is like understanding because you know you've got some amazing people in this area like Rick and yeah. all these people that donate loads of time and passion to yeah. us. What, what inspires you to kind of get involved in? Well I'm a scuba diver as well. Oh you okay. So to see a lot of people don't experience aquatic life yeah, yeah. and it's, it's an amazing ecosystem and when you see that being destroyed on such a scale yeah something you just can't walk away from yeah. um, I think the, the impact you've had was like how much coverage you guys had and how you've inspired these other clusters around the country to take a, uh, a similar kind of approach is, is brilliant well we've all kind of got in touch with each other because every, everybody I mean there's a windrush down south and, and then you get the people where the rivers have just disappeared from over abstraction and water is the single most important thing that any scientist looks for on any planet for any signs of life. They're the arteries of our country and we need to protect them. So what advice would you give to someone who who suddenly was listening to this and thought, oh, I'm going to go and investigate my local river to see, you know, see, see what it looks like. And if they see sewage kind of scattered along the riverbed, what, what would you say for them to do? Sort of run away and don't look again? <laughs> or, 
Or it's easy to <laughs> run away and exactly. look again and hold your nose and go, the posh, that's disgusting. It depends on the person, I suppose. And, and who, I was lucky to know good people that jumped on board. We've got a good council, town council, that have been very, very supportive. Um, if I was that person, I would get in touch with the local Rivers Trust or Salmon Trout Conservation, Wild Trout Trust, film it, bring it to their attention, tell your local media, your local radio station and get your local town council on board and bring it up with your MP. It's a, it's a complex problem. Yeah. It's not one that will be easily fixed no. or cheaply fixed. No. Um, but really, the, the water companies need to get the business plans in order and invest in the infrastructure uh, and then look at giving people dividends, yeah. get, get the business plan right and, and then go yeah. from there, really. Yeah, it's inherently complex. I think awareness raising is like quite important with it as well and just letting, and having, you know, letting people know that this is even happening. You know, yes. so they can choose when to swim and where to swim a little bit more wisely. Well, it's a difficult thing because when it rains and all these little sewage outlets throughout the river system are overloaded and all the sewage is going in, you don't know if it's... You, it can look lovely and clean, but you don't know... Most people would assume if it's raining, you've got clean rainwater going into your rivers, but it's not. It's taking the um, animal excrement off the fields. It's overloading the CSOs. So that's all going into the river. It, it's difficult to know when to swim and when it's safe to swim in, really, in, in any water, yeah. which is why they say that no river is fit to swim in. What's going to be your next steps? We're looking at, there's a Professor Andrew Singer's applying at the moment for some funds to build on the water testing that we've done at Ilkley. And I think Leeds University are looking at getting involved um, on sort of helping maybe with more what they call SUDS. Yeah which is urban drainage systems and soaking away rainwater instead of it just running directly into the rivers. Simple things like installing water butts in your houses and things like that to store the rainwater rather than it going into the sewage treatment plants and overwhelming those. So that's an important thing that we're looking at now. Um, and also the moors, replanting sphagnum bogs up there to act as a sponge to absorb the water which also helps to improve the environment and carbon storage and things like that so there's a lot of people now getting involved a lot of universities now that we've raised this issue are keen to get involved and help us so who knows what what will happen in the future yeah because you think about yourself a year ago today I bet you didn't think you'd be this far down the line (laughs) (laughs) But all we've achieved so far is some grills on on the the sea, on on the sewage outflow to stop the sanitary stuff going right, into so the like river, the and that's a, that's where we are at the moment. I think one thing you touched on really nicely there, maybe inadvertently, but actually, all of these issues, it's a systems issue, isn't it? Like we've got so many different things going yeah. on in our catchments that are having such different effects. Actually, to look at individually. You need to look at it as a whole system. So, as you said, we've got issues with 
flooding, yeah. we've got issues with pollution, yeah. we've got issues with general habitat. Mm-hmm. And to look at them individually, we're not actually probably tackling the whole thing. And I think what you've done is highlighted that actually, yeah, we need to take a system approach. And actually, people, you know, lots of people can get involved in different ways and their ambition or their whatever they're into actually could feed into a bigger system. And I think that's, you've captured that nicely. And yeah, on a landscape scale. Yeah, rather some of you might not just... be bothered about the pollution, but they're bothered about the carbon. And actually, yeah. working collectively can actually solve the whole issue. Uh-huh. Yeah, putting in leaky dams, slowing the flows off the moors, off the hills, yeah. trying to hold back as much water as possible to yeah. avoid flooding and, and things like that. Not building on floodplains would be a big bonus. Yeah. <laughs> a girl can dream. Yeah. So so what barriers have you come up against um, in this whole process? The main barrier is the environment issue a permit to discharge raw sewage by the water companies into our rivers when it rains. And this should be only happening under periods of extreme and prolonged rainfall conditions. Permit which is set at the moment is currently so low that we're getting way over 50 times a year discharges into the River Wharf at Ilkley. And we're saying really it should only be a handful yeah. at most to reach the standards set up by the Water Framework Directives and Wastewater Treatment Directive. That it seems to be the sticking block that we're up against is that we want this permit lifted to make sure that the sewage is treated effectively. And do you think we've got to this point where this has been happening for years and years and years just because people, one, haven't necessarily known about it but also haven't necessarily demanded it? They're not going to demand it if they don't know it's happening. Yeah. True, yeah. Uh, we, we've got people living downstream of the sewage treatment works and their houses and gardens back onto the river. And a lady emailed us saying, I knew my river, I knew, I knew my garden would flood. She says, but what I didn't realise is it's flooding with sewage. And she says, I'm absolutely outraged with this. And so she didn't know it was happening. So how can she demand change if she didn't know that was happening? We, we had a doctor's daughter. She was swimming in the river and she was very seriously ill afterwards. Yeah. And the, the doctor was totally unaware of this and, and she's, she's outraged as well. Yeah. There's been cases of people being severely ill from... Oh, yes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And have you captured that information or have you we, spoken we, to anyone we, who has got, got ill? We've got a few stories of people you. being ill, like swimming in the river, yeah. And this doctor's daughter, I mean... People come up to me and she says, oh, yeah, I, I, my daughter was ill after swimming in the river. And especially down at Burley, where people are swimming down at Burley Weir, when you've got the treated stuff, it's also got high levels of contamination in it, and you've got Ilkley, then you've got Benridding, and that's all going down to Burley, and that's never going to be fit to swim in, and yet people are still swimming in it because they don't know the dangers. Yeah. They don't know what's happening. I mean, it's not just our health, is it? It's wildlife health as well that actually follows. So even if, if we clean it up for ourselves, we're cleaning it up for the for, wildlife as well. For the we? ecosystem itself, mm. yeah. I mean, the, the sewage that goes into the rivers, when it's breaking down, takes out all the oxygen out of the rivers. So basically all the invertebrates and the fish suffocate in the sewage and... and it's, it's just a whole ecosystem that's been wiped out. 
I think what's really, really nice about this story is actually that you've got groups on the river that traditionally might have not worked very well together. So you've got fishermen and people that swim in rivers. They might have not got on or kayakers, but actually yeah. these groups are now coming together to tackle the issue. And I think that's really nice, actually. That yeah, everybody's pulled, pulled together. together. Whereas yeah. actually, traditionally, these groups might have not got yeah. on or... Possibly, yeah. Because yeah. we, yeah. have, we have a lot of cases where there's a big, big conflict between kayakers and anglers. And it seems such a shame that should be a place for everybody to use and this is a great story that shows actually everybody coming together for a common goal to try and sort Absolutely, of Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it benefits everybody. Yeah, exactly. So Bathing Water, um, the, the Bathing Water application that was submitted recently, was it? At the beginning of November. Beginning of November. Yeah. Uh, and you're now waiting to hear... From DEFRA. DEFRA, right, okay. And obviously... With the, the elections, elections yeah. and everything else. <laughs> Um, we won't be hearing probably till early next year, spring next year. Right, and that will be before the... They're, they're hopefully before the bathing water status, hopefully before next summer. Yeah, well, if anybody from DEFRA is listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to the North Sea Region Interreg Water Cog Project for sponsoring this podcast.